At photographycourse.net, you'll be able to swap your expertise with other photographers, make light instead of wishing for it, expand your portfolio, and receive feedback from professionals, all of which will develop your artistic eye. Photographycourse.net offers an abundance of premium courses and challenges for participants at every stage of their journey, from technical settings for portrait photography, to landscape composition tricks, to how to start your own photography business, we have everything you need to start shooting confidently. You can work at a pace that suits you. Our 52-week project challenge will provide you with the educational resources, encouragement, and support that you need to take great photographs every week. You can join us at any time as our themes are evergreen. You can also start by shooting every day and learning something new with our 365 Days of Photography course. Led by an industry expert who has mentored over 10,000 students, this course will help you take your photography skills to the next level with daily, bite-sized videos. Throughout the process of learning, you'll have access to a community that will provide you with inspiration and motivation. Get encouragement from other photographers every single day. Our current limited time offer comes with a special discount code exclusive to the listeners of this podcast. Get 50% off your first year as a premium member. Claim this discount by going to photographycourse.net and entering the coupon code PODCAST. Come join photographycourse.net and capture more than just a moment. Hello everyone, my name is Taya and I'm the host of Great Big Photography World Podcast, where we interview notable photographers in the industry, give advice on a wide variety of topics, and provide tips for beginners and professionals alike. In this episode, I speak with Kara Kobus, a documentary, wedding, portrait, and self-portrait photographer who lives in the U.S. I've been following Kara's work for a very long time, so I was incredibly excited to speak with her. She's one of my favorite photographers. We talk about her life as a wedding photographer, tips for people who want to get better at working with clients, and much more. Please enjoy. Hi, Kara. Welcome to Great Big Photography World Podcast. I'm thrilled to have you here. Please introduce yourself to the listeners. Hi, Taya and everyone listening. I'm Kara. I'm living in a little corner of the forest in St. Croix Falls, Wisconsin. I live with my husband and my daughter. I love a nice slow life. It's kind of my jam. Been a photographer for 12 years now. I photograph really anything involving people. My focus kind of bounces around over the years from anything to weddings and families, which is my current uh, primary pull, to working with brands or musicians. Anything with people will catch my heart at a certain point in time. Great introduction. I have been following your work for a very long time. You were one of the first photographers who inspired me to pursue my love for self-portrait photography and portrait photography. So I just wanted to take a moment to thank you for that and for everything that you contribute to the community. You're doing an amazing job. Oh, that is so sweet. Thank you. I'm so glad that we're connecting on this call after all this time. <laughs> I know. It's so surreal. I'm so excited. <laughs> it is. Yeah, it's great. It's amazing that you have all these opportunities to take photographs because you said you do commercial work sometimes and you're also wedding and documentary and portrait photographers so there's a lot you can do and I think that keeps you excited as a photographer right as opposed to just specializing in one very specific niche thing yeah absolutely um I guess I can't I don't really know exactly how I've made it work um I guess I just apply my style to everything I approach and I think that um 
that I can kind of take that across the board, I guess, when I'm going into it with uh, that outlook on it. Um, but yeah, I think I would get, I would get burnt out or bored. Uh, it's just my personality, I guess. Like I, like I said, my primary pull right now is, is wedding photography, but even with it being my primary thing, uh, I still only take like a maximum of 10 weddings per year. So I'm pretty selective with it and, and conscious of the idea of being uh, burned out or overwhelmed by something I'm working on because it's so important and close to me. I have to make that my priority. And part of that is, is switching my focus when I need to switch my focus. That's really difficult to achieve. I'm sure that it's taking you a long time to get to a point where you can control that and not feel tempted by all the offers that you get for wedding photography, for example. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think, I think uh, something that probably helps is my complete lack of advertising or marketing. <laughs> I just like let the people that feel drawn to me come to me and then you know it's not that big of a struggle like I honestly don't like I'm not like turning down inquiries every other day sort of a thing it's like I guess I just don't put it out there that much and what I'm getting back right now is basically the amount that I want back right now so I kind of just <laughs> don't really do anything in that sense. I like your approach to it. Because I think that when photographers enter this industry professionally, they feel like they have to grab every single opportunity and they have to hustle constantly. And that might work for some people, but it might not be the best option for others, especially yeah. responsibility. So it's nice to meet photographers who you know, are okay with not advertising themselves constantly. Yeah. And, you know, I think um, the way you the way you described how some other people approach it is totally how I approached it when I was younger and starting out as well. I don't know if it was more age or more just starting out, but I, I kind of really did used to do the same thing. Like I would kind of grab anything that came my way. I was doing even more random stuff um, back then. But at this point, I've just been doing it for so long that I have a, a pretty deep understanding of of myself and what I like to do and what I want to do. And I also know that that changes. So I just, I just follow that. And I think it's the time thing. It's been 12 years, so it's been a growth process, but it's a good place now. Yeah, I'm happy that you're in a good place. And you mentioned earlier that you are living a slow life, which I think is so appealing to many people. And I'm sure that's helped you transition as well from one genre to another. Yes, totally. Yeah, it's, that's the, <laughs> I think the main aspect of my life that, um, I would talk about when I talk about myself just because with the way the world is now I think it is generally very different like I don't like having plans <laughs> I don't like having a full calendar I, I don't use an alarm so today for this interview because I've been staying up so late in New York today is literally the first time I've set an alarm and woken up to an alarm clock in like <laughs> years literal years <laughs> wow what did that feel like uh not good I hate alarms that's why I avoid them I was like stop why are you making this noise I'm sleepy oh my goodness yeah I hate alarms as well but I have to set them sometimes <laughs> yeah so generally because of my daughter um I I go to sleep around the same time and I just naturally wake up at the same time which is early so uh, like I said this New York thing is a little different I've been staying up super late every night but Normally, I'm just up by like 6 a.m. anyway, and I never have to be up earlier than that. So no alarms for me. That's good. All the power to you. It's nice to embrace lifestyles that, you know, work for you, lifestyle changes, whatever. Whatever it is that works for you, I think you need to 
just work with that and not feel like you have to adjust or always be like other people or try to yeah it's not important I think and it's difficult to deal with that like I often struggle with that myself whether it's in my personal life or in my life as a photographer I feel like I have to be something specific and you know give out a certain idea of myself especially online but it's not true it's not something we have to do yeah absolutely oh man this is like all the stuff I've been talking about so much this week (laughs) staying with my friends here it's like all these same topics but yeah that's all totally true yeah it's something we all struggle with I think especially if we share our work on social media it's just a natural part of the process to worry about these things so yeah we're not alone in this that's for sure right absolutely I discovered your work on Flickr. I'm sure a lot of people who follow your work for a long time, I've been following your work for a long time, they discovered you on Flickr first. And back then you used to take a lot of conceptual self-portraits and photos of people. Today you have a much more diverse portfolio. And you did mention that you're quite spontaneous and you don't like to plan. So I'm curious to know, what was that transition like from just specializing in conceptual portraits to branching out and trying new things? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I feel it was a a really natural transition. Like you said, I don't like to plan things. So it's not like I decided that it just sort of happened. My purpose in photography has always been to tell the story, right? So it was always about the story. When I was younger, my style and approach in doing that looked different, but really I'm still doing what I've always been doing. Uh, The more I grew from my original approach, I think the better I became at taking any situation any day, seeing what I see in it and translating that in an authentic way. Uh, Example-wise, I've always loved wedding photography, which I look at as a much more documentary experience. Uh, Like my, the last wedding I shot, my clients actually, and I think this is part of um, kind of like just what I've been putting out there, like the vibe I've been putting out, I've been trying to lead this more in my wedding photography in general but my my last wedding I shot my clients they didn't want to do any posed portrait time they didn't want to do it and I was like that's great we don't have to do that like this is a documentary experience and the more that I've I've shot weddings the more I feel like taking that posed photo time almost kind of takes away from the day in my head it's like you know this very staged like specific part of the day that I don't even know if it really needs to be there because if I'm doing my job accurately and, and following them around and observing this day and being there and being in it with them, I will have plenty of photos of them through the day. So it's not really something that we need to do. Anyway, point being, it's a documentary experience and it's about telling that story. And that's something I used to really struggle with when I was younger because I'd want things to be a certain way when I was more in that like um, concept based, like the style I started out with. And I was shooting weddings then too. It's just, I, I was kind of struggling with it. It's like, I'd have preconceived ideas of how the day should go or how it should look at this point or that point. And I've grown to a place where seeking the story out in a wedding day is something I'm so passionate about. And I feel so honored when someone trusts me to come into their space and their day and be this observer and, and the documenter of these things. And the trust that what I see is special and worth the photo is going to piece together this story and it'll be told through, you know, generations of their family and friends. And and I love that. And that's the story I want to tell. So at the end of the day, I'm doing the same thing. I always was, it just looks different 
uh, and I guess it's not solely for me anymore. It's for other people as well. My personal work, it's that's, you know, evolved as well. Again, I feel I'm still doing the same thing. It just looks different. Like when I was younger, it was these like wild Photoshop fantasies that I used to create. And I think it's just this more, I guess, authentic, which is kind of a buzzword right now. I don't know how I feel about that word, but it's accurate, I guess. <laughs> this authentic approach to it. It's not that I don't like see those same kinds of images or that same kind of style. It's like that never like, you know, bops through my head anymore. It's just that I feel really drawn to like creating a moment and actually seeing it and viewing it happen in front of me. So if I'm going to create some type of like an alternate reality, I would still need to create it in front of me, not so much a computer anymore. So I guess that's been the, the biggest driving factor to my personal work. Um, I think it's all just as creative and artistic and rooted in the story. The approach is just evolved. If you're enjoying this podcast, make sure to check out Creatives Off Script, a podcast where they interview top creatives from all industries, from the number one commercial director in the world to the CMO of Peloton. You can hear amazing stories of success and creative inspiration. Find Creatives Off Script on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else that you listen. Yeah, it's definitely evolved and it's been a pleasure to see it evolve. You've matured so much as an artist and I'm sure that for you as well, it's been very interesting to see yourself changing and getting to a place where you feel more comfortable with the kind of work that you make. Yeah, totally. I definitely, I definitely feel like what I make now represents me uh, more than it used to. Even my wedding photography, which I'm focused on now, which is probably a bizarre concept that like somebody else's wedding photos can represent me more than what I used to do. But I, I feel like it does because I approach those days really, like I said, with that view of like, I'm seeking out the story here and it's the trust is in me to see what I see through this day and and document that and and see this story here. So I think just like the way that I'm focused on the day feels really genuine to me and it and it feels like me in the end. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's amazing that you've reached a point where you are you know exactly what you want as a photographer and you know what you're passionate about. I think it takes many photographers years to get to that point and I can definitely relate to that. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. It took me years as well. <laughs> yeah. And speaking of evolution, you went from being just a, a solo self-portrait and portrait photographer to uh, a wife and a mother. And I'm curious to know how your role as a mother has affected your photography. Yeah, absolutely. Motherhood has really been the most defining factor of my life the last four years. I think it's affected my creativity in a way that I never would say that I expected, but it does make perfect sense. I didn't expect it, but it's it's just how you would think it would affect it, I guess, to me. Motherhood is currently my primary creative outlet. I look at it as it is an art form. Motherhood is art. It was literally just yesterday I was sitting on the floor with my friend and talking about this very thing. Uh, but. I look at motherhood as basically like I called it an emotional dance the other day and I've never really described it that way but when I was talking to my friend about it that was kind of that was how I described it and that's the way that's made the most sense to me as in any time I've ever talked about this and I feel like motherhood it, it starts off it's this dance right and it starts off kind of chaotic 
there's no choreography, none, zero. There's, it's like your arms are moving fast and your feet are off the ground more often than not. And the record is probably even skipping, but like eventually you see your partner and they enter the stage and you really see them and you meet them and your fingertips touch gently and suddenly the music flows. It's not skipping anymore, thankfully. And every movement becomes intentional and it's more wrapped in each other. And that's just how I picture it, I guess. And that's what I've been doing for the last four years. So it's a lot of creative energy every day. I don't have as much left over at the moment, but I think in reality, it's only given me more creativity, more openness, more craving for it. And that's probably the number one thing that has brought me to feel as much in tune with myself as I do now. I feel very in tune with myself when I'm mothering, which is a verb, an active verb. So I'm, I think I'm still kind of working through that transition in terms of like how my work is evolving through this period. Like I've been a mother for four years. So I think it's kind of, it's still in a stage of evolution in that sense. But I, I do think that my work is stronger than it has ever been before. And I think that is thanks to being a mother and, and all that it's taught me. Emotional dance is probably one of the most beautiful descriptions um, I've heard related to motherhood yeah it felt so perfect when I like I said it was like it was yesterday or the day before we were talking about motherhood and and that was how I described it in that conversation and I was like yes this is like this is the most accurately I've ever verbally described motherhood <laughs> that's incredible it's amazing that it has affected you in such positive ways and I love that you see it as a creative art form because I think when we go through big life changes we sometimes feel like maybe we're losing a part of ourselves or we have to say goodbye to certain hobbies because we need to dedicate more time to other priorities but if you think of the things that you love and you treat them like creative art forms as well then you will never feel like you're missing out on anything totally yeah i i never felt like i lost anything um when i became a mother which i do know that's a big thing that a lot of people struggle with especially with you know how much more conversation I've had with mothers in the last four years than I ever had before. I know that's a really, a really common struggle for people. And I see how easy that would be to do, I guess. But I, I do think the way that I went into motherhood really helped with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And do you have any tips for photographers who, whether they have children or not, who are very busy, who want to be more creative in their lives? How can they achieve that? Wow, that is a really good question. I think, I know you said regardless of if they are mothers or not, um, but my first tip that comes to mind would be related to other photographers who do have children. And I know that this tip isn't always practical for people. And I understand that there's a lot of difficult life situations that, that people are in. But if you have a way to separate your work from mothering and keeping it totally separate, I think that would be my best my best advice. Like when I'm with my daughter, I don't work. I'm not, I don't even check my phone. It's on silent. Like, you know, I'll check my phone for the time or whatever, but not for work. It's on do not disturb. I'm with my daughter when I'm with my daughter and I work when I work. I don't mix the two. And I think that helps keep both of those things feeling very invigorating and fresh and like I'm focused on it and I'm where I'm where I'm supposed to be. That's great advice. And I think that can be applied to other areas of life as well. Like for me personally, I don't have any children, but when I take a break from my job and when I'm really focused on my personal life, when I go back to work, I feel refreshed. But if I yeah. 
I feel like I'm always balancing the two. Uh, it's very chaotic and it's not nice. Yes, yeah. I think I struggle with that a lot in general. Like it's hard for me to like keep my mind focused in general. <laughs> so that idea of like just like multitasking these things through the day, I guess to me is just impossible. I suppose if it's working for someone, it's working for them. Um, but yeah, from my perspective, it's it's best to separate the two. Yeah, that's a good approach. It's very wholesome and it can help you avoid that pesky guilt that haunts us all if we yeah. always distracted. Totally. I think it does help with that a lot. Cause like I said, when I'm with my daughter, I am I'm with her. I'm not focused on anything else. It's it's our time together. And so I don't ever really feel like I'm not there for her enough because our time together is so connected and intentional and great that like I think and both of us she doesn't struggle with leaving me either like I'm here in New York for nine days and she's at home um, with my grandma while I'm here but like it was it was no struggle at all dropping her off she loves staying over there uh, I think again just because our time together when we do have it is is so wonderful and we're and we're really there for each other like doing life together that we can take our own separate paths even though she's so young we can have that space apart and our own relationships and our own interests even though she's so young right yeah that's amazing I'm sure a lot of people would love to be in a position like that and it takes a lot of work and effort and obviously every situation is different but again I'm really happy that you have this opportunity to, to have such an amazing relationship with her yeah, thank you. She's she's my number one. She comes first before anything. Everything is everything is decided around. That's incredible. And I I love how open you are about your life as a photographer and on Facebook and on Instagram as well. You share a lot of of personal stories that I think um, comfort give comfort to other people, especially if they're struggling with something similar. And when I read your posts, I'm often inspired to be more introspective. And I think that has helped you be such a creative person, help you help you connect with so many people. In one of your posts a few years ago, you said that having photo shoots that feel the most like you is something that you've been chasing your whole life. At the moment, what kind of photography feels like that to you? Yeah, I would definitely say that more authentic based wedding and family photography, even though I've been shooting weddings this whole time, like for the last 12 years, uh, my approach to it right now in the last couple of years is so different than it ever was before that it feels it feels really fresh to me. And I think that approach to weddings specifically and being focused on that and family photography as well would definitely be my answer to that. That feels the most like me. Like I kind of mentioned a little bit ago, that might be a weird concept or weird way of phrasing that, that somebody else's wedding photos feel most like me. Uh, but that's where I'm at right now. It's totally always evolving. Uh, two months or two weeks from now, my answer could be different. But today, that's it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's really interesting. And it makes sense because when you take photos for other people, especially on such a special day, you have this responsibility, as you mentioned earlier, and it's as if you're part of their story, even if you aren't really in the photographs, but you were the one taking them. So it, it's definitely a very special connection. It's unlike any other genre, I think. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's a, a really vulnerable moment for people. Um, having them trust you and making that space for them to be themselves is, is definitely very special. 
On your website, you also say that photography is a relationship, a language, and a lifelong bond. To be honest, I feel like you're very good at describing things that are usually very difficult to describe. So the whole thing with emotional dance and you know, <laughs> photography, you. a lifelong bond. Just In another very- life, I would be a writer. <laughs> you are a writer. You write so much. <laughs> but um, you know your clients uniquely, and it's a special relationship as we've talked about earlier in this episode. Mm-hmm. How can photographers make their photo shoots with clients feel more special and more authentic? Yeah, I think that's so important. And and really the answer is it's simple. You have to get to know them, which, I mean, I guess I say it's simple, but building a relationship with someone is not simple <laughs> at the end of the day, I suppose. And, and maybe especially not when it's a stranger. But um, basically kind of like I just said a minute ago, creating that space for them to feel like they can be themselves around you. And when you are given that trust and that vulnerability from someone else, really, really listening, really observing and really paying attention. So it's, I will, I'll send some questions in advance to my clients uh, just to kind of get a a basic understanding, but it's pretty rare that I get to meet my clients before we're actually shooting. And especially if it's a wedding client, it's incredibly rare that I would meet them before the wedding day. So when I do finally meet them, I spend that day being very invested in seeing who they are. Like I said, really observing them, really listening to them. Um, A lot of times, you know, I'm not talking to them so much because I'm there doing my job and they're involved in their day. But you can learn a lot about someone just through like the little things that they're doing. And I think I, I learned a lot, again, from motherhood in this regard, too, because people communicate so much more in other ways than they do with words. So to get to know someone, you don't always have to sit down and have like a face-to-face conversation. Of course, that's a beautiful moment and a wonderful opportunity. But people say so much just with their body language. They say so much with their facial expressions. And that's the kind of stuff I was focused on so much when my daughter was born as well, because she didn't, she didn't speak in words. She spoke in, (laughs) she spoke in baby language, which is different than adult language. And so I think I, I learned to be better at that through that experience as well. But when I'm when I'm learning those things about people in that moment, I think even though I'm not actively saying that much to them, it does just pave the way for people to be themselves, even if I'm a stranger. Photographycourse.net is a place where you can find an abundance of photography inspiration in different forms like premium courses, articles, video tutorials, editing resources, and much more. We have a thriving community where you can meet new people, receive constructive criticism, and discover new ideas every single day. Here is a message from one of our top community members, Robert Morton. Hi, my name is Rob. I specialize in wildlife photography and landscape photography. I'm a member of photographycourse.net online community. I like the community because you get some fantastic ideas and some great feedback. So take your photography to the next level by clicking the link in the description. That's what I did, and I haven't looked back. If you want to join our online community, go to photographycourse.net and enter the coupon code PODCAST to get 50% off your first year as a premium member. Our 365 Days of Photography course is an amazing opportunity for you to grow as a photographer. My teammate, Kevin LJ, has produced this course in a step-by-step format, which is very easy to follow. 
The course is presented in bite-sized lessons, each with a practical challenge. You'll learn and practice a new aspect of photography every single day. Each lesson is around five minutes long, and you can spend as much time on the challenges as you like. There's also a friendly forum where you can share the photos you take and get constructive feedback from others in the course. Kevin's professional photography experience is extensive. He covers not only photography essentials, but also many genres of photography throughout the course. You will learn far more about photography than simply how to use your camera. For our listeners, we're offering a very special discounted price of $199. The final price will soon be $365, so make sure to take advantage of this great deal today. That's a great approach. Even studying people from a distance, as creepy as it sounds, I think as a wedding photographer, it's normal. Even just studying people from a distance and just looking at their facial expressions, as you said, can be very powerful. And yeah, you're right. It's really difficult to just get to know someone because you need to make sure that the chemistry is right and just mm-hmm. need to fix it somehow because you're the photographer. And it takes a lot of work. And I think the key is to just be invested, as you said. Earlier. Yeah, totally. It's it's definitely an interesting place to be socially a wedding photographer because um, for me, I feel like I, I thrive in it with like a balance of, um, you know, I'll be there and obviously I can hear everything everyone's talking about. So if there's like a particular conversation that, you know, people are talking about that, like I also really relate to, I'll totally jump in that conversation and be involved in it, you know, for a minute or two. And those kinds of situations where like I am socially involved, I think help other people feel like they get to know me because they're not focused on me. They're not observing me and my facial expressions and my body movements like I am them. So I make sure to take some of those opportunities so that other people can feel comfortable around me as well. But then, yeah, most of the time I'm just I'm just watching them. So it's this interesting balance of being socially involved versus not being socially involved, but also having everyone feel comfortable with you just being there all the time. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's uh, I've mentioned this a few times on the podcast, but being a portrait photographer, especially a wedding photographer, is like being a psychologist. You just have to read really well. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that many beginners in wedding photography are a bit intimidated by the idea of organizing a wedding. I mean, they're not the ones who are doing the organizing, but organizing the shoot and taking care of logistics and everything. Do you have any, or do you use any tools or any programs um, as a wedding photographer that could maybe be helpful to a beginner? Um, I don't really have any programs or anything like that. The only thing I really do in terms of, and maybe I'm um, misinterpreting your question, but the only thing I really do in terms of like, organization for the day so I have um I just have like a google doc spreadsheet where like I'll put down um as soon as somebody books with me I'll put down and like I said I only take on 10 weddings per year so like I don't need fancy software I feel you know if you're doing like 50 weddings a year you probably need like maybe something a little more intense to keep it straight but I just have like a google doc spreadsheet when someone books with me I put their name down I put the wedding date um there's like little sections where like I'll x off certain things like okay they booked this or like they have an album with what they booked like those kinds of columns so I'll just check off like the extra things that they might have booked with me I'll put down the date that um I have in my head for like their wedding due date like when I'm done editing when I send the gallery and then I'll have you know like a date for when their album is due if they had an album like that kind of stuff so it's pretty basic it's like probably only like 
15 columns of information. And then um, for the actual wedding day, I guess this is a pretty good tip. I don't remember where I saw this. I didn't come up with it on my own. I just picked it up somewhere. I noticed it on the internet. So I'll write down the wedding day schedule, like the timeline. Um, and next to that, I'll have like a little note section, anything that was um, particularly important from like the questionnaire that I send them. Like I'll send a questionnaire a month before the wedding. And anything that like really stuck out as is something that I definitely need to keep in mind that day. I'll have in like a little note section and then I'll take a picture of that with my phone and I'll just set that as my phone background and lock screen so that anytime like I need to reference something, I just have to like take my phone out of my pocket and I can just see it right there super easily. It doesn't get lost or anything like that. So I guess that's a pretty helpful tip to staying organized on a wedding day because it is kind of, they can be pretty chaotic, even though it's my clients are always have really fun and and good energy on their wedding days but it, it's still chaotic for sure <laughs> right yeah i can imagine and that's exactly what i meant when i asked you that question those are great tips i think even creating a spreadsheet with just 15 columns is mm -hmm. perfect because when you are in the moment i think especially as a beginner you're kind of lost <laughs> and mm -hmm. certain things so it's really good to have something to refer to throughout the shoot to keep you stable and sane <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it is helpful. I didn't always do the spreadsheet thing. That was just within the last couple of years, but that is really helpful. And I'll even, there is columns on there too for like, um, you know, did they pay off the full amount early? Because sometimes every now and then my clients will pay the full amount off early. So there's like a little column for that. Like, is it paid in full? And then I'll just check that whenever it's, you know, paid in full. And that's kind of just how I keep like my basic thoughts in regards to like... <laughs> I guess the management of my job, which is not my strong suit, but I do my best. Uh, yeah, I understand what you mean. I function really well when I take notes. So I sometimes feel like I will remember everything and I don't because life gets in the way and you get distracted. So I always take notes, even if it's a minor detail for work or for something else. If I take a note, then I feel, if I just note it down, I'll feel calm. There's nothing's going to be bothering me and haunting me all day. So it's definitely yeah. Too. Mm -hmm. yeah. Totally. I think that's part of the same reason why I do that little note section on the picture that I take for my lock screen. So it's like I can always reference the full questionnaire, but it's like, you know, these are the important pieces. And if I just like write them down here, then like I feel like it's under control. <laughs> well, being prepared is part of being a professional photographer. And if you're prepared, then you'll feel confident and that confidence will be felt by your clients and everybody will be happy, basically. <laughs> Totally. Yeah. Yeah. You definitely do have to, I think, lead with a with an aura of confidence about the day because, I mean, it's not my job to organize the day. And, and most of the time there's a wedding planner, but I'm still the one who's there all the time. <laughs> so I think that like my aura definitely has a big a big factor in in how everyone is feeling about like if anything starts to go wrong, it's kind of like. I don't know my friend so my friend that I'm seeing with she's a flight attendant and and she talks about how like passengers will come to her with everything right because she's like the face of the airplane at that point in time even though she has nothing to do with where their bag is or you know nothing to do with their seat assignment she doesn't have anything to do with any of that but because she's there and she's the face of the plane ride basically people will come to her with that so I kind of feel like wedding photography is similar it's like there's so many of these things that like I have nothing to do with but like, because I'm there, I sometimes become the face of it. <laughs> it 
if that makes sense. That's true. Yeah, with great power comes great responsibility. <laughs> yeah, right. It's like I'm the one person working there who is just always there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a difficult job being a wedding photographer, right? It's it's you sign up for for one thing, but then inevitably you end up um, falling into other responsibilities, and it's just normal. But yeah, it's mm-hmm. something that's worth knowing. Yeah. It is normal. I've totally like I've been like, you know, there'll be a rush to like be getting the tables set for whatever reason. And I've totally been like over there for like five minutes, like helping straighten up the tables or like all these random things. It's like because I'm there and it's like I can do this for a few minutes and and I want this to be to be everything they want. I want everyone to feel like it's (laughs) going how it should. So if I have a minute to jump in with something else that like needs to be helped with, like, sure, I'll help you with that. Yeah, no, it's a great point that you're making because maybe some people, I mean, I would definitely feel like a little bit lost. I wouldn't know whether I should help someone or not. Should I be taking photos instead? Is there an important moment for me to capture? But if you're very involved and you invest a little bit of your time in helping the staff or the bride and the groom, then they will have a stronger connection to you. I think so. Yeah, I think that's a good point. As someone who has been in the industry for a long time, is there anything that you wish every professional photographer knew? Yeah, I think we've um, we've touched on this, I think, a couple of times already in this conversation. But I do wish that everybody knew that you don't have to do things a certain way. I think um, we totally did talk about this because with the social media stuff, it's like there's so much pressure to feel like you have to do things a certain way, or it's like you have to price things a certain way, or like with a certain structure, you have to offer things to your clients a certain way. And especially with the idea of consistency. I hate that word. (laughs) It feels like it's pounded into us, right? This idea of like consistency, which I think at its core, consistency is a good thing to have. But I don't think it means that everything has to look the same. And I don't think it means that you have to choose some style and define it explicitly and never change. I think being consistent, having a style is so much more than that. But social media culture and the way people talk about like branding, which is, of course, important. Like I've spent a decent amount of time on, you know, thinking about my branding, too, and stuff like that. It's it's definitely important, but it puts artists in a box they're never meant to be in. And that, I think, is is a very dangerous thing. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's difficult. It's a difficult balance because on one hand, you do need to market yourself as a professional, but on the other hand, at the end of the day, you are an artist. And as artists, we do not like to be limited. We don't like being put into boxes. Right. And yeah, it's a struggle for sure. But you balance that pretty well, I think. As you said, you don't really like to market yourself. You just to allow people to come to you. And I think that's an approach that works wonderfully for you. And I love that you believe in doing things that feel right to you because it's it's quite courageous to do. I know it sounds silly for me to say this, but I think it's a courageous thing to do, especially when branding, things like that are very important. And when peer pressure is all right. over the place, especially on social media, like I myself, I'm not, I don't shoot weddings. I don't shoot professionally in that way. But even despite that, I still feel pressured to post on social media a certain amount of times per week. I don't do that. I just feel the pressure. Yeah, I feel that same pressure as well. Even though I, I you know, try to just do my own thing, I think everyone feels that pressure, which is 
I don't know. I don't know how you get out of feeling it. I don't, I guess I don't know that you do get out of feeling it. I think it maybe it's just about managing it. And I think you're right. I think it is courageous to, to feel those pressures and not feel like you have to do things a certain way or feel like you have to give up certain parts about yourself um, to fit into what everyone is telling you you should be doing or how you should be running your business. Right. Yeah. And when you do embrace your uniqueness as a photographer, and when you follow your gut when it comes to your creativity, then people can sense that Like with your work. I can definitely sense that you are staying true to yourself. When I read your posts, when I look at your website, there's a uniqueness to it. You're doing things that are you know, they feel right to you as opposed mm-hmm. to just following a certain trend. At the same time, I think trends are good, but maybe they should just be treated as guidelines or as inspiration. And then everything else should be coming from you. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I don't have anything against things that are trendy, like, especially in terms of like, I don't know, like fashion stuff. Like, I love fashion and style in that sense, too. And and expression through your own appearance. I love all that. And like trends with that is, is fun, too. It's and it's nothing against that. But, but yeah, I think it's important to not get swept up into it too much and to to stay in tune with yourself for sure. The biggest struggle for me has been maintaining my social media presence and always (laughs) that nagging feeling of your feed doesn't look good enough. You know, the posts don't complement one another. The colors don't complement one another. It's the stupidest thing in the world to worry about, but it bothers me. No, I feel you 100%. I, I have those same thoughts and those same feelings. And honestly, that's part of why I don't post that much because it's just... I feel like it's it is so easy to get wrapped up into that I kind of like just can't be there doing it every day because otherwise it's like overtaking me. So I guess that's my approach to it is like I just have to be more pulled back from it with the way it is right now. It's you know, we all reminisce about Flickr days (laughs) because Flickr days didn't have any of that stuff associated with it. And I don't know. I don't know what happened to social media, but it's currently not like it was which you know one of the themes of the conversation has been evolution so I suppose that's where we as a world are at with social media but I hope there's some more growth in it that brings it back to a a place that feels like a a healthier space to be a part of more frequently. I hope so too and in the meantime we can still take care of ourselves and our creativity even if it's in a small on a smaller scale even if it's not on a specific platform it's still possible for us to really grow as photographers and get to know ourselves so yeah absolutely absolutely yeah what camera equipment do you use yeah um I have I've always used Canon cameras uh, there was no real reason why I picked a Canon camera. Uh, I haven't historically been like a huge gear person in general. My first camera was a Canon Rebel T2i and I got it because it was on sale. Um, and I was 20 years old and I was working a part-time job for $7 an hour. So it was on sale. So I got that one. Uh, I think there was probably a couple on sale, but uh, the Canon ones looked easier to use when I didn't know anything about them. They just looked easier. So I went with that, uh, and then I always stuck to Canon from there. My current go-to camera is a Canon R6, and I have a 5D Mark III that I use alongside that. My lenses, I have all Sigma lenses. Uh, Primarily, I use a 35 and an 85. 
I would say that I am more interested in, in different cameras and the concept of, you know, camera gear type stuff than I ever was before. So I feel like I'm in a place where I actually would really like to try more cameras, kind of see what makes them special and, and what they do different, especially with having my two cameras right now at the same time. I can already see, even though they're both, you know, Canon cameras are the same brand, but they're very different cameras and they do things very differently if you actually pay attention to them. So I think it would be fun to experiment a lot more, like have a little collection with like maybe a very specific camera that I only choose in this one circumstance, but it feels just right for it. You know, I think I'm more open to like unconventional processes and unconventional results. So I'd like to try more cameras. Uh, thus far, I've, I've been a team Canon. Team Canon all the way. High five. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, my respect goes out to all the other Canon brands, by the way. I have nothing against the others. <laughs> totally. <laughs> yeah, we love and accept every camera brand out there. We love and accept all cameras for who they are. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, it's, uh, if you have the opportunity, it is nice to experiment with different kinds of equipment. It's, mm-hmm. of course, not the most important thing, but it does make a difference, especially if there's a big difference between your current equipment and the equipment you want to upgrade to. Right. What about film photography? Yeah, so I I did film photography when I was younger um, and when I was just kind of starting out. Um, I had I can't even remember what it was called anymore, but it was this little um, it was like plastic camera thing. It shot 120 film, and, and it was so fun. I still have that camera somewhere, um, but I never buy film for it anymore. I would I would love to shoot more film. I have like shot 35 millimeter and developed it in a dark room. Like I've done that. I've been there. Um, it was amazing, incredible experience, and I would. I would love to shoot more film. I think the thing that holds me back from it is literally just the cost, which is a terrible excuse, but it's hard to want to prioritize spending so much money on film and getting it developed, I guess, which again, terrible answer. (laughs) No, it's reasonable. I totally understand you. It's really expensive here as well. Oh my goodness. It is like, it's really just so expensive. Yeah, no, that's a very valid reason to avoid it for them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have one more question for you, Kara, and that is, what is the one thing you'd like to achieve in this great big photography world? That is a great question. Uh, to some people, it probably sounds unambitious, I guess, <laughs> but I really just want to keep making work that I love and and to know that it's going to be growing and changing forever and and to know that it's not a linear process. And I won't always love everything I'm making, but if I have that baseline of really feeling in love and attached to what I'm doing, I just aspire to stay on my own path and basically what we've been talking about this whole time. I don't want the noise and the chaos of the world to determine what I'm doing with my life and what I'm doing with my work and what I wanna be creating or the relationships that I'm building with my clients. I've done a lot of things, I suppose, you know, to check off like lists of like, oh, I've done this and I've done this and I've done this, but those things were never on a list. I never dreamed those things. I just wanted to be a photographer, you know, and those things came along the way. And now it's like in retrospect, I can make a list and check them off. But my dream was to be a photographer. I did that and I want to keep doing that. And I want me and my spirit to to lead the way on it. That's all I want. I love that. I think the expectation with questions like this is that you will give this grandiose answer. Yeah. 
I, I myself have often wondered like what would I say to a question like yeah. this and I've always been like I have to like be really original but honestly at the end of the day we're all photographers we love photography and that matters the most right Absolutely. <laughs> it, it's amazing that we have this opportunity to do these things to connect with people and for you especially as somebody who specializes in so many different things it's so exciting and so I completely understand your answer and I, I love what you have to say about that and I am sure that you will continue taking beautiful authentic beautiful uh, wonderful photographs for a very long time and I look forward to seeing more of your journey so thank you so much for being on the podcast you were an amazing guest thank you so much for inviting me to be here Great Big Photography World wouldn't be what it is without our incredible listeners. We're grateful for the time you take to listen to other photographers' stories and share your feedback with us. If you'd like to help us keep this podcast running smoothly, you can become a member on our website. In return for your help, we'll provide you with all kinds of exciting perks. Go to greatbigphotographyworld.com. There's a link to it in the show notes. I loved speaking with Kara, and I learned so much about her life as a wedding photographer and as a documentary photographer. It was very interesting to hear her thoughts on social media and branding and just following your heart when it comes to photography. I hope that you always follow your heart and your gut and that you always remember that at the end of the day, what matters the most is the relationship that you have with photography. You don't always need to follow trends unless you want to. If you feel like something is not working for you, don't feel pressure to go along with it and just try new things and be courageous. And I'm sure you will say thank you to yourself in the future if you do that. If you want to join this conversation and let us know your thoughts on this episode, make sure to join our online photography community. It's completely free to join. And I am sure that you will have a lot of fun being a member of our group. See you next week. There's a simple reason why PhotographyCourse.net is the highest rated photography community in the world. It's because the people who use it made it that way. Why not join us right now? Improve your skills, get exposure, and discover an exciting new world of photography. While you're at it, claim your special discount code by going to PhotographyCourse.net and entering the coupon code PODCAST to get 50% off your first year as a premium member.